very faithful woman. I've been a priest for 27 years, so you would suspect that, right? Right? But I still need to grow in faith to get anywhere near a scorpion. No matter what the scripture says. I'm just saying, I'm going to just leave the scorpions to God. Um, I'll trust them in this. So today, um, we're going to um, do something a little bit different. I, for those of you who were here yesterday, I mean last Sunday, we um, did sing Bomb and Gilead. And we're going to practice just the refrain, a cappella, and then we're going to sing it a couple times in the sermon, okay? Now, under normal circumstances, I'd be nervous doing this, but then with April and all her friends here. I didn't think this through. I did not think this through. But anyway, I'm just going to start, and then please overpower me with your voices. I have a lot of gifts, but leading song is not one of them. But you know the words. There's a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There's a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. good when you sing that? Yes. And aren't we full of wounds these days? Full of wounds and in need of healing. And the scriptures have something to say to us today about change, which often accompanies, comes with a little bit of loss, but also about healing. Also about healing. So the scriptures have something to say to us about change and healing. Look at Naaman, the great commander, the general, the great man. He had something to say. He had to put aside his pride, put aside his rage, put aside his thinking that his country was better than the other and go find healing by a prophet who wouldn't even talk to him. Naaman's servant girl was the one who prompted him and told him about the prophet. So she tells us about looking for healing in places where we might normally say, eh, I don't know about that. Elisha heals the general. Paul talks about healing and forgiveness from falling into temptation and sin. And forgiveness and healing from reaping what you sow. And Jesus talks about peace and finding places to speak God's peace. And moving on when people won't hear you. But staying and communion and connection with them no matter what. So Naaman's serving girl, Naaman himself, Elijah, Paul, Jesus, all have something to say to us today about change and about healing. The surprise of it, the strength it takes, 
and the trust in God needed for it. And our life of faith has plenty to do with change towards healing. So let's talk about it. So folks don't usually say that they don't like change or that they're resistant to change. They just say, we like the way we're doing things. They say, we like the way things are, right? They don't put it as a negative. But sometimes that's the hardest person to convince that we need to be more open or look at the long range or do what we need to do for um, sustenance and sustainable journey in this life. So people say, we just like the way that we've been doing things. Or that there's been too much change and we don't need any more. Or that things haven't changed enough, but we keep working so hard and things don't change. Or we are tired of adapting to so many changes, wanted and unwanted. And again, underlying all of this is the sense of, of loss when you, when you have to, to, to re-look at your life and make some changes. I've felt all of these things in these times that we live in. I felt them in my bones, and I've grown weary, and maybe you have too. And, and often I thought I was doing pretty well. I mean, we've made it through COVID. We're sort of, not really. Uh, people, uh, but I don't know why I just said that, but we're making it through COVID. We're, some of us are making it through COVID. All right, forget, just erase that part I just said. No, but we're, we're, we're learning to live with the reality of COVID and all the changes that it's brought, and all the changes, all the other injustice and going back decades in this country has brought to us. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I believe in God. But I was just like, I was eating more candy, and I was <laughs> kind of punching over a little bit. And, and I just felt it in my bones and in my body. And, you know, but I, I kept, you know, taking showers and putting on makeup. But one day I remember walking across the street. I remembered this guy when I was kind of hunched over walking across the street from the parking lot. So here I, I remember this guy who sang to me one day when I thought I was doing pretty well. And you're going to guess which song he sang to me, right? We just practiced it. And I thought I was doing well. And I was walking across the street and a total stranger just broke out. And he said, he's saying, there is a bomb in Gilead. So let's do it, guys. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. And he sang it in a deep deep voice and he was looking straight at me so I knew he was singing it to me <laughs> and with tears in my eyes 
eyes after he sang the chorus. I said, thank you. And he said, sister preacher. So then I really knew he was talking to me. <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> and then we don't have to sing this part, but you know the words. If you can't preach like Peter or pray like Peter, if you can't preach like Paul or one of the other, I can't remember. You can tell the love of Jesus who died to save us all. Shake off the dust, sister preacher. And he kept on walking and singing the refrain. And, and that simple exchange, that gift from that total stranger, did some healing for, for my change-weary, sin-sick soul. And so, yes, y'all know we're going to be fighting the good fight at this church and in our lives. But right now, I just want to remind you that with changes, wanted or unwanted, we can be that moment of grace, that moment of healing to each other by simply offering a word or a verse of kindness. So remember, remember those verses that we know, those songs that we know, and sing them to each other. Be that voice. Because sometimes we change or move towards healing just because someone is kind enough to notice us and offer it to us. Be that person for each other, too. And sometimes we change towards healing because we're desperate. I'm thinking about Naaman right now. That great man, the commander, the general. Naaman, you know, he first, he goes from rage. He was enraged because the prophet Elijah sent word after he traveled so far. And he said, just get in that river. And Naaman looks at the river and he says, that's a dirty, muddy river. And our rivers are so much better back home. I came all this way for you to tell me to get in that dirty river. And he was enraged. And then his support crew said, look, if they had asked you to do something simple, you would have done it. I mean, hard, you would have done it. So they're just asking you to do something simple. So just do it. What's the harm? So Naaman went from rage, and there's a place for rage sometimes. I mean, you can't stay there because you hurt yourself. You consume yourself, but, but you also can't deny it because then you explode, right? So you've got to say, you know, I'm angry. and Do something healthy with it. But not turn around and reject healing like Naaman was about to do. So he went from rage to listening Right? To listen to the folks around him, to jumping in that muddy river and getting healing. Rage to listening to washing to healing. And it said his skin was like a baby's, like he had a vampire facial, right? <laughs> I don't even know what those are, but I've read about them, right? <laughs> I don't even know what those are, but his, fa his face was like a baby's. You know, he got healed. No, he got healed. And he almost walked away. So sometimes we can use our desperation and, and to open us up, to change towards healing when we feel like we've lost everything. Sometimes... We, come, we get healing from the other side. We change towards healing 
because of a spirit of gentleness. That's what Paul's talking about in Galatians. He says, he writes of the gentleness towards those who have sinned and who are in need of forgiveness. One caveat, if you go back and read Galatians, there's a pretty clear subtext that you can forgive them, but don't think that he's going to be so like lenient on you if you go ahead and do what they're doing. Don't, 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 don't fall into temptation. I'm asking you to forgive them, but that doesn't mean I want you to do whatever they did, right? Don't be tempted, he writes. But be gentle. Be gentle with those who need forgiveness. Because that spirit of gentleness also washes away shame and regret and disconnection and invites us to accept the forgiveness and the compassion offered and helps us towards healing. And Paul reminds us that wandering away doesn't mean we don't have we have to stay there. Wandering away doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can come back home. We can find our way back to God. Sometimes the scriptures tell us today that we change, grow towards healing by shifting our focus. By changing our perspective, which is definitely not popular these days, right? Because we want to convince each other. And, you know, you should think like me. That was supposed to be a joke, y'all. <laughs> that y'all make me laugh. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, it's not in vogue to change and to listen and actually, actually be changed by listening to someone else's perspective. But the gospel invites us to do that today. And I, I'm going to confess to you something. Well, first I'm going to ask you a question. When you were listening to the gospel and that whole sentence was, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers were few, did you hear the whole sentence? Because I'm going to confess that I skip right over the harvest is plentiful, and I focus in on the laborers are few. And I don't mean to do it, but I, 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 you know, that's how I feel. Like we need people, we need help, God. We need the, the laborers are few. We don't have enough. We got to grow. We got to fill this job. We got to fill that job. I want to see the scarcity. I want to fix it. I want to be in control. I want to get things done. And I do that thinking I'm in charge. I go, right, the laborers are few. And it's all, it's my job to fix it. Or I want to fix it because I can do it. But I think that this scripture invites us to sit with the plentiful harvest for a little while. And, and like, put aside the laborers are few. And look at that plentiful harvest that God has grown for us. Whatever that may look like in your life. It may be a friendship. It may be a family. It may be a talent. It may be 
a, a relationship with God, an ability to pray? What is that plentiful harvest in your life? What is it? Let's sit with that for a while in these times of so much stress and so much heartache and so much we're going back there. Let's just sit with the plentiful harvest for a little bit. There is so much for those of us who do the labor. There is so much. We get something out of it, too. And it's not all up to us. Instead of scarcity and resentment, Diminishing that at all. I'm just saying, um, I was.
found, I was, I was in, you know, liberated by this phrase, post-traumatic growth. And I wanted to, to claim that healing for us. That it's not all just stress, even in these days. It's all not all just woe. We can grow in our friendship with Christ. We can grow in our friendship with each other. We can grow in our friendship with God. So, I just want to give you one little example of something I found really, really moving. Which was a few days, uh, maybe a few weeks ago now, so it was right before I went up to Sawani to do my studies, I was invited to a vigil for Brittany Griner. You know, the Olympian, she grew up in Houston. Most of you know who I'm talking about. She's um, in Russia now, the WNBA star. And um, to, to get, you know, to, to a vigil to put pressure to get her out of jail. Um, it's the, the, the punishment is not fitting any crime if there is one. And so these people, these families showed up for each other. There was Brittany Griner's family. And there was Trevor Reed's family from uh, Fort Worth. He'd just gotten out of like years of imprisonment in a Russian jail, uh, ex-Marine who was in prison for years under horrible conditions, you know, and he'd just gotten out like two and a half weeks before, and he brought his mom and dad to Houston, and that he, to, to keep vigil for Brittany Griner, who he does not know. And guess who else was there? George Floyd's family, right? So talk about three families that have known traumatic stress and pain. These three Texas families were, were joining together for each other. They hugged on the stage, and I, almost, I just almost lost it. It was so beautiful. I mean, I, I asked the person next to me. I did lose it. I was just crying. But it was just so beautiful. Showing up for each other. Showing up for each other. That's post-traumatic growth. You know, and if, if they can do it, if we can look at them, these prophets from the fields of rage who have become compatriots of healing, then we who stand in the fields of abundance of a God who is so good to us that he sent his only son, to redeem the world, then we, then we know that there is hope. And I pray again with that beautiful song that sometimes when you feel discouraged and think your hurts in vain or your hopes in vain, that the Holy Spirit will revive your soul again. Amen. Yeah.